Thank you for listening to Chart Your Fi. I'm your host, Chris Elder. And today on Chart Your Fi, we have evolved into an interview podcast that talks about goal planning, overcoming the odds, financial independence, and how it's not the end goal, but a means to find your purpose in life. And we talk about the not-so-common common sense things in life. Stand by for the sound of freedom. Before we get to the Chart Your Fi episode, I just wanted to do a quick shout out about Return to Roots podcast. It's about retention in the military, transition from the military, and reintegration into the community. This podcast is not just for the service member, but for the family unit as well. Also, anyone that wants to put action to their thank you for your service can find more information on this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and many other social media networks. Thank you. And listen to Chart Your Fry episode now. In today's show, we get the honor of recording with Trevor Maxwell, a retired senior chief EOD tech and military money mistakes creator. He's also the host for Get To Vet, and it's going to be a good show. I hope you're ready. Well, yeah, so if you don't mind talking about like, the content thing, you know, how, because I think it's important for people um, to understand, like, hey, your first attempt at things, <laughs> it goes south, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So. You know that uh, you probably, maybe you like heard that story, right? About like the, the guy that calls the plumber to come fix something, right? And the plumber's there and he fixes it in like 15 minutes. And the guy's like, wow, thanks. It's, you know, plumber's like, no problem. That'll be 1200 bucks. And he goes, what do you mean it's 1200 bucks? It took you 15 minutes to do it. He goes, you know why it took me 15 minutes to do it? Because I've been doing this job for 30 years, right? And over that time, I've acquired the skills and, and you know, experience necessary to diagnose and fix a problem like that in 15 minutes. Said, You're not paying me for the you're not paying me for the 15 minutes you're paying me for the 30 years right and you think about that like wow yeah it's it takes somebody uh i always i thought this was a hilarious quote it's true but they say like yeah it takes 20 years to get 20 years of experience um you got to put in that work to do things to to you know make mistakes and learn from them and um especially with content like I go back and I look at, I'll tell you this, like when it comes to content, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm no Ernest Hemingway or whatever, but, uh, or uh, what was his name? Bill Shakespeare. I, uh, I've, I've just been decent at writing. I've always been good at writing. I think um, it's something I like to do, you know, just kind of, think of ways to say things that kind of maybe reach out to people, connect with people. Um, and I think that really is, is something that a lot of people, maybe they would like to do it, but they're afraid to do it. And they're afraid of like looking like a dumbass or whatever. And 
you know, you think about all those people out there right now, like Brendan Burchard, that's a big one. That dude pulls in tens of millions of dollars of revenue a year. Like he has, you know, I think he does like 10 clients a year and each one of them pays him hundreds of thousands of dollars a year for coaching. Um, <clears throat> he talks about that. Like, if you're like, you know, I didn't start out like this. I was terrible when I began, you know, with all that, right? Uh, same thing with content. Like you're never going to knock it out of the park or maybe you will, maybe you'll have like that viral moment that posts that gets, you know, a hundred thousand views or whatever. But then you go back the second time and the next one only gets a couple hundred and you get crushed. <laughs> right. It's, it's just understanding that like, especially when it comes to content creation, like what I said to you before, right. Don't let perfect be the enemy of done. Um, you know, all those people that sit there and I'm guilty of this too. I've done it. Uh, you know, well, I want this to be perfect. This has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. Like I think about that, like, you know, when I was active duty and we would plan to do, go do the big mesh, right. And we would like plan stuff out well and it would go out and it would be executed pretty well. Like we did a really good yeah. job. And, and so I just had that mentality of like, when I was starting to do things like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just going to knock it out of the park this first time. Right. Cause I prepped. Well, what I didn't realize what I was thinking is like, you know, I didn't always like when we go out and do those operations, we wouldn't always knock it out of the park when we were training, when we were preparing to do this, when we were practicing, the reason that we got so good at doing what we do is those 16 hour days of workups. Um, you know, whether you're in the shoot house or you're out doing land warfare or, you know, air ops week or any of that stuff, you, you do it over and over and over again. That's kind of the mantra. They say, we don't do it until we, until we always get it right. We do it until we can't get it wrong. Yeah. Like that, that, that's a, that's a real popular saying. Like we, we have something very similar to that. Um, whenever we uh, go and do our C, so CQ trainings and stuff like that, uh, which is carrier qualification. So we'll take uh, we'll take like 10 to 12 men that are going to stay on shore. And then you got like 80 people out on the boat, right? And we're, and we got like 10, 10 or so, okay, seven to 10 aircraft. It just depends. And, and every time something goes wrong. But if you don't plan for everything to go wrong and you didn't like, continuously oh hey like this time you know some some bozo might put all the tires on the on the boat you know or which you're like okay that what's wrong with that well what happens when they land and they need a tire on shore <laughs> yeah see that could be a dilemma uh or like hey like um we'll have like certain qualifications between uh three different squadrons and it's a small depth site and we're doing uh, we're doing carrier qualifications for a rag squadron, which is like your training squadron. You need you need to talk with the other squadrons and see what quals they have. Just like just like you guys, be like you have your specialty. We have our specialties within our with our uh, organization. So working that out, you know, you're not gonna when you go and execute, you may not be 100 um, percent have everything that you need. But you've done it so many times that when something comes up, it's just a it's just a speed bump. Yeah, 
No, that's that's what it is, is that, that constant incremental improvements, right? But you have to do it. You have to get out there and start doing it and making those mistakes to improve upon. Like, did you ever see that? I know it's a real pot. I have probably shared this before on LinkedIn. There's somebody draws this picture and it's like uh, one to the power of one equals one, right? But, or uh, what is it? It's It's one to the 365th power is one. That's what it is, right? And then they show you the difference. They say 1.01 to the 365th power is 37. So just that little, that little inkling of difference, right? That little extra effort and, and improvement every day. Like that, you know, Albert Einstein said that's one of his famous quotes. Compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world. Um, yeah, you just have to start. And I, and I was the same thing. Like if I could go back and tell myself, oh man, if I could go back five years ago and say, hey man, let me share some perspectives with you that you learn over the next five years and, and talk about that stuff. I would probably be a lot better off, but that's the whole thing. Like I'm, I'm where I'm at now because I had that experience. Um, so yeah, if somebody's wanting to do that content, more importantly than making good content is making content. Right. So like uh, what, what we had a saying, like in uh, whenever you do free fall ops, um, you know, when you're doing the safety brief, they say your first priority is to pull. Right. Your second priority is to pull stable. Your third priority is to pull stable at the correct altitude. So that's the whole thing. Pull. Right. First rule, create content. <laughs> second rule. Continue to make your content better all the time. Third rule, you know, like expand, you know, figure out, you know, how to how to turn that content into something that, that you can use. And and not everybody, you know, some people I think just create this stuff and they don't, I feel like they don't have an intention uh, with it. They're just creating stuff. They're like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go out and say some of these things. Uh, and people will like it and get it just like when I started, like when I got out, you know, retired out of the Navy, people were like, what do you do is, you know, talk, Hey, I work in financial services, you know, believe it or not, people aren't going to say, Oh yeah, you should uh, do, I should come work with you. And it like, no, right. That's not what happens. Bro, I'll tell you, when, that's you, a when you start talking about finances, to other people, man, they literally like go up. Oh, nope. I can't talk no more. It's a uh, taboo. Yeah. Taboo. Taboo, this guy's got a, he's got like a penis on his head or something. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I tell him like, yeah, I, I just do that. And I don't say anything else. Cause that's the problem is like, you know, there's a lot of people in that work in the industry and I, I you know, kind of learned this the hard way. I didn't know what I was doing at first. Most of them are new people, so they don't know what they're doing, but it immediately turns into a sales pitch. And I don't, you know, I got away from that. Right. I was lucky enough to kind of have some of these epiphanies in my career and say, all right, I'm not going to be like, you know, the, just some of that stuff, that advice that I got. I didn't realize later that like in, in the world today, that advice, the advice I was getting from these guys have been doing this stuff for for 20 plus years was terrible for the people that I was trying to talk to. You know, and they say, well, here, let's practice your elevator pitch. I don't have an elevator pitch anymore. If somebody wants to know who I am and what I do, they can go follow me on LinkedIn or hope, you know, soon YouTube. Um, 
you know, or, you know, when I, when I roll out some of the other social media platform, I'm not doing all that stuff all at once. I'm starting small and kind of building it out over the course of the year. Cause I just thought like, I don't want to burn myself out. I'm not going to overwhelm myself. Like I'm just going to continue to do this, you know, have a steady thing. Cause you know, on top of that, like what I'm doing with military money mistakes, that's going to take before it's like a really viable product and where, you know, I think I'll have like people just steadily checking it out. I have every expectation that it's going to take at least a year of just being consistent and, you know, first, first and foremost, being there doing it. Right. And then, you know, making it better and taking those improvements and using them to, you know, continue to grow and, and, you know, turn that into income. And that's the other thing too. Like this is, people were like, Oh yeah, if you're so whatever, why don't you do it for free? Like, this is my job, dickhead. Right? Yeah. It's like, like, uh, this is, this is like, like, why don't you go flip burgers for free? Or, yeah. Like, do you, you go, go, do you work for free? No, yeah. neither do no. I. Right. It's just, you chose to go sit in an office and wear a polo shirt and, you know, khakis every day and fill out spreadsheets. I chose to stay here and not make a whole lot of money for several years with the hopes that I would create something and, and, you know, learn this skill set and grow it and get to the point where, you know, hopefully, yes, not only do I live well, or do I make a living off of this, I make a way better living than, you know, I had ever imagined. Um, you know, um, and a lot of people may not understand, you know, Hey, you're talking to, there's two veterans here. Um, well, one, one to be, you know, in the future, Yeah. but you know, we, we've already done our grind to where, um, now we could pursue, pursue our future, our, yeah. our, our passion, you know, and, and sometimes people are like, Oh yeah, you know, don't do something that you don't love. And that's, I'm not telling you not to go out there and and grind and you're gonna have to do things that you don't like to do that's just life there's things that we have to do that are not necessarily you know aligned with what we've always imagined we're gonna do plain and simple but what are you going to do to change and better your position to where you're getting to where you need to be at you know and your content you know hey at first your content's not going to be what you want it to be you know, people imagine it and they're probably thinking, Mr. Uh, what's that guy, Mr. Wrong or Mr. My kids are going to kill me because I can't remember this dude. Uh, oh, Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah. You know, you're not going to come out and be like Mr. Beast. You know, that guy's got a support network of camera filmmen and producers and he's got an entire team. You know, you're not going to come out and be like him at first. You're going to be yourself and eventually you're going to grow if you consistently do it it's just like going to the gym you're not gonna come out next day looking like arnold schwarzenegger telling you to get your ass into the chopper no it's not gonna work like that <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you has got to you got to consistently plug at it over and over and over again like cameron haynes in his book uh i'm not sure if you read his uh recent book endure talks about uh he just keeps saying keep hammering away you know keep hammering it over and over again and he's right. You just got to keep plugging away at what your craft is. Um, I I kind of, I'm going to go back into what you were talking about. The, the, you know, one by 365 comment. Mm -hmm. 
because it reminded me of this uh there's this philosopher uh who's got this uh content called optimize me heroic yep i'm familiar with it You're, so brian johnson that dude yeah. is freaking amazing and I, i've and on this podcast i told brian johnson that i was doing this and he gave me a thumbs up like i didn't ask for any money i was like hey man i i tell people about your product because it's a pretty damn good product for what for what you get you, you know what i'm saying you know it's free so why would you not do it you know yeah. uh, but he talks about this plus one you, you remember that one I would have to. I, I've consumed a lot of stuff over the last yeah, no, I get several it, I get years. So I get so, it. Yeah. So this plus one, he keeps talking about it right now, man. And he keeps talking about like, hey, if you just took your day, you know, uh, 24 hours and you broke it down by minutes and you spent 1%, that's 14 minutes of your day improving yourself on something. You know, if you spent 1% of your day to improve your craft, 1% of your day to improve your uh whatever it is that you want to improve you know eventually um you're gonna that one percent is going to turn into a hundred percent yeah and statistically if you look at it the rule of 72 says 72 days <laughs> but hey yeah <laughs> well you know it, it's funny like i attribute a lot of you know the level of success that i've achieved so far like everything that I've learned that's helped get me here, I didn't learn it from people that work in financial services. Like, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of people in financial services that just don't you know. They, 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 same thing, you see it everywhere. Like there's people who don't have any aspirations to do better. Yeah, they would love to make more money, but they don't want to go out and learn all this extra stuff to do it. They're stuck doing cold calls and you know because they think like oh that's that's how i'm going to do this like that's so everything i've learned now that i think has contributed to the to the success that i've achieved so far has been from people who don't do anything like that they do everything but what i'm doing for a living and that's the stuff that like the stuff that they're teaching is the things that i kind of realized you know i think i told you this when i was at my first firm I kind of had been there two years and I was like, man, I kind of feel like I'm plateauing here. Like, I don't see any upward momentum for me staying here in this spot. And, you know, I think about this, I'll tell you, like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Deion Sanders. I always have been like when he was a player, I was a big fan of him as a coach. I was really hoping that, uh, you know, West Virginia would hire him uh, this year after their, their season, <laughs> that but he went to Colorado but, you know, I just watch all these interviews with him and, and always thought about one thing that he said that, that really struck a chord with me. He said, you know, he said, what was your backup plan? He said, I didn't have one. Hey, <laughs> you know, because if I had a plan B, I never would have made this work. You know, I would have made an excuse and said, oh, it's too hard or whatever. And uh, he said, I would have given up. So I didn't have a plan B. And I thought about that and I was like, man, that's a, you know, all the insight. And it's funny because I hear a lot of people talk trash on him. Like, oh, whatever. He's like, no, that guy's listen to him talk, man. He's actually a very insightful person. You know, I've learned more from him about, you know, just things like dealing with people and, and, and being successful than any mentor that I've had working in financial services. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, you know the whole entire. Uh, you wanna, you wanna storm the island. You wanna take the island, burn all the boats. Yeah, you know, you know there's there's a lot of a lot of wise advice about that, but you know, um, he probably didn't talk about like his thought that he put into doing his craft before that. You know what I'm saying? He he sat there and he's like, hey, his craft didn't just upon didn't just happen to him. He put a lot of training and a lot of effort into getting to that point where he yeah. decided this is what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So there's a point in time, you know, like uh for example, after you're coming out of the military, hey, you gotta change it up. You gotta do something. But this is the time for you to figure out what is it that makes you uh tick. You know, yeah. Deion Sanders just had the benefit of knowing what he what made him tick before before yeah. he got out. So B option was not feasible. He yeah, he had that spark, right? And yeah. he knew like like I think you and I had this conversation before. Um, you know, he knew like he talks about that. Like when he was gone, he's like defensive backs did not make a lot of money back then. You didn't see defensive backs making these seven figure contracts and stuff. So he said, I knew I had to create something that was larger than life. And that's, you know, prime time, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, he created that. And that's, he became such a huge public figure that, you know, he, I, you know, I still think, we'll talk of pre-90, whatever, pre-94, OJ. Like, do you remember OJ, like in all the commercials and movies yeah. and stuff? Like, I also remember, you know, uh, I remember the Bronco advertisement he did. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised nobody's made a spoof of that yet. But anyway, honestly, Bronco should have used that as their advertisement as a solid truck because that truck just kept on going and going. It's like, holy crap, man. How many fuel tanks does he have in that thing? Man, I got to tell you, if somebody put me in charge of Ford for one day, I would make a commercial of the new Bronco driving down the interstate chased by a bunch of cops and the guy would pull over and the cop would walk up to him and he'd roll it down the window and it would be OJ and he's like, is there a problem officer? <laughs> but, I, I, I'm endorsing this. <laughs> I, I'm ready for this. You heard yeah. All I need is one day, one day. I'll get it. I'll have all the stuff ready to go. But no, I just, you know, I think about like that, all that stuff that I have kind of realized like makes you successful. Yes, you have to be good because that's something he says too. Like, hey, you got to have game if you want to, you know, all this other stuff, all the the branding and things like that. It doesn't mean nothing if you can't play ball, right? Look at, of course, some of the other guys have done it. Peyton Manning, um, hmm. you know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal I think that dude is like the oh my gosh he's got so much stuff going on I think he still pulls in somebody I read somewhere that he still pulls in like 60 million dollars a year I'm not surprised yeah (laughs) and um but no yeah that just you know to go back to the original point we were talking about right but you have to start you have to start doing it man you can't like all those apprehensions you have now, I'm I'm past that because I had that. You know, I was a little bit shy at first. Like, well, I don't know what if somebody thinks it's dumb. Now I don't care 
if somebody thinks it's dumb if they think it's dumb it's probably because they're dumb right that's the attitude that i have now it's like yeah you say it's dumb but you don't know shit uh right who are you um but i just you know i had to overcome that just like everybody you know i get it i've been there i walk the walk um and i felt all that anxiety and, and apprehension but i was able to overcome that and you know on the other side it's it's been good because now i have like people that's like yeah man i, I really you know i like your stuff i've been following you for months now and i decided to reach out to you and that is that's ultimately like my ultimate goal was like hey i don't want to be that cheesy dude that everybody knows on linkedin as soon as they put transitioning military in their headline they just get blasted with all those you know it's like the hot girl at the bar and all those dudes in there like hey girl you're so beautiful what like <laughs> same analogy right like everybody's imagine, hitting you up yeah imagine you know from her her side of the view she's like damn it i walked into a sausage fest again right or <laughs> you know, you know they, uh, always thought about the recruiting commercials were like you could get money for college you could see the world you could you know learn a trade and then the marines are like these dudes are like killing dragons with swords and be like maybe maybe you could come work with us maybe right yeah. no guarantees right that yeah. you know that was a super smart branding move right and it's kind of I, I you know i'm not slaying dragons or nothing but at the same time i'm not you know out there sending people these stupid messages i i get sick of that i'll even say it now like honestly 98 percent of the people that send me a message with a connection request i may or may not even read the message and i just click x like like connect with me or follow that's what i do i i connect yeah. with somebody and then i send them a message after i'm not going to waste my time sending you some dumb message that you're probably not going to read until we're connected then i'll send you the message and then yeah you know maybe you'll read it maybe you won't but i'm See? And, you know, you're not saying like, hey, don't network and stuff like that. You're saying like, I'm not going to be the cheesy one who's not even connected to yeah. you and start messaging you. And yeah. I, I get that, like to, to an extent too, because like I, I go on Facebook and if I see somebody doing pretty badass on something, guess what I do? Hey man, I'm not an average Joe and I would like to have you on my show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, this, and this show is purely based off of just i see somebody i think they're doing pretty awesome hey come on my show like yeah tell me your story and but here's the thing like it's not cheesy it's this isn't my show this is actually so chart your fi originally i was like man i'm gonna do a financial show all that stuff and i started talking man i was like man you know i'm not really into listening to myself all the time <laughs> so yeah like i need a i need to change it up and I'm like, hey, I like talking about financial independence, but really it's about, it's more than just financial independence. It's a, it's a mindset, you know, it's goal planning. It's um, overcoming the odds. Like you were saying, like, hey, just get out there and start doing your thing. You know? To that point, right? One of the most important parts of achieving personal finance is you have to make money to do it, right? And then you know, learning like, what are the skill sets out there that will uh, help you do that yes you can go get a job somewhere if you want you can go be a gs 
12 or whatever and go work there for another 20 years and have, you know, two pensions or whatever. That's fine. That's what you want to do. Go ahead, do it. Um, Not everybody does, right? A lot of people are like, yeah, you know, I kind of want to want to look at at something else out there and and those those are the people that i'm like yes i get that let's chat i'll share i'll share my i'll share the information that i've gathered that's helped me maybe it won't help you maybe it will maybe you take what i tell you and what somebody else tells you and put them together and you make it your own and then you become successful right because that's you know that whole like the i'll tell you like uh i saw this one day and and it was a, a tweet. Uh, I'm not on Twitter, but I do see like somebody shared this on, on Facebook. It was like, uh, there are many ways to become a millionaire, but I can assure you saving $5 on coffee is not one of them. And I was like, that is, that dude's keeping it 100, right? Uh, that's just what, like, the first thing I thought, but then all these people are like, well, I can't believe you would put such something so irresponsible on there. I'm like, Oh, okay. These people don't have a fucking clue. Like that's sorry for the, I hope we, I don't know if you beep that out or what, no, what, to, what the rating is. It's a, uh, I, I just, even if it's clean, I still put the little E on there. Cause everyone's yeah. small. Um, yeah. I still put out, Hey, here's, here's the thing. This is a genuine show. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, um, you know i see what's that little hand there so i raised my hand oh. and it did that little thing I didn't oh, that's cool does it do it if i do it too? yeah i don't know um but but no right that's that's you know i was talking to somebody about that i was chatting with them back and forth and of course it devolves into whatever you probably don't even you're probably not even vaccinated or something like that like that's what it devolved into and i'm like really like that's where we're going with this but, you know, that person obviously didn't have the critical thinking skills to understand what that guy was saying, like saving, you know, being thrifty and everything is fine. But if you really want to achieve like massive success, you have to create some, you have to create that income stream to get there. Right. And he's right. You save $5 a day on coffee. How many days do you have to save $5 to, you know, for a million dollars? Uh, I don't know, 200,000, right? How many, let's, let's do some quick math here, right? Let's see here. Uh, here we go. We got, we got. So 200,000 days divided by 365. Yeah. So in 548 years, you'll have a million dollars if you save $5 a day on coffee. Congratulations. Your money is now worth nothing because of inflation. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, here let's do this too. Let's 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 give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I got my financial calculator here too, so we'll do that. We'll do. Uh, uh, let's let's just do. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Five. Um, <clears throat> Let me see here. Yeah. So, and what, while you're talking, it's like, you know, I get it. Like some people are like, Hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't spend $5 a day on coffee, you know? Okay. Well, why don't you put some discipline and write down your budget? And, you know, that's, that's, that's actually the problem is people just don't know how to uh, yeah. tell themselves no and be a little bit of discipline. Now it's not the coffee that's going to make you poor. 
it's your mentality towards money you know what yeah. I'm saying? that's that's what it really is it's people's mentality oh dude that's absolutely i say how like poverty is a mindset it can be overcome tons of successful people i'll tell you this i've never heard anybody who was who was a self-made person who didn't who didn't absolutely believe that poverty is something that can be overcome right because they did it guess what actually by the way like if you took that five dollars and invested it and you earned seven percent annually uh it would take you uh 52 and a half years to get a million and a half dollars so see there's yeah. a chance guys 52 dollars yeah. 52 52 years later but uh yeah so <laughs> anyways i digress I'm, I'm done like running numbers for you but no <laughs> i just i think uh that was a good uh i'm gonna do that that's gonna be a youtube video one day <laughs> so, you know and, and like it's like hey like you want you want a freaking coffee well have you earned it cool go get the freaking coffee go get it you earned it yeah you for know, me I, I just i work from home now so yeah <laughs> go buy a q-rig or whatever we yeah. get the we get the little nespresso machine and that makes some really good coffee how yeah. is that thing because i'm using this keurig i like my keurig but i saw that nespresso and i'm like that's interesting it's so the difference between driving a toyota camry and uh probably like a porsche 911 <laughs> so that's just my thoughts my personal thoughts um no i got my toyota it's good you can get do you have a camry i don't know no I don't know what kind of car. <laughs> but you're calling my keurig a toyota man so <laughs> no i'm just saying like i've had a keurig too and then we got that uh you know we got that nespresso and I tried it and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's, I mean, it's like drinkings. I'll tell you, the pods are a lot more expensive. I think it's like the ones I get are like a dollar 20 or a dollar 30 a piece, which is still, you know, I drink probably three cups of coffee a day. So there you go. I'm spending $5 a day on coffee at home. So, <laughs> but well, I like good coffee. You don't have a, you don't have a barista to serve it to you. Know? It's worth it to me. No, I, I have like a man bun wig. I put that on and a little thing. I have a name tag that says Tyler, they, them. And, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing just the apron. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes I wear socks. Uh, <laughs> Your poor but, feet. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> No, man, I, you know, that's the mentality though. People think, well, yeah, if I just, you know, save whatever. I saw this thing the other day I shared on LinkedIn too. It said, uh, was talking about these people that like grow their own vegetables and stuff. <laughs> you spend months like working on these things and, you know, you build the planters, you buy the seeds, you plant them, you take care of them for months on end. And it says below, congrats, you saved $2. <laughs> and, some people it's not about that though some people are like you know what i like to uh you know i i just like doing the work right for me i don't cut i cut my own grass why because it's two hours out of the day i get to and i wait till the hottest part of the day to do it too because i go out there i get a good sweat 
I use a push mower. It's like a battery operated push mower, but I don't, it's not, it's me out there pushing it. Like that's my, that's a workout. Cause guess what? My yard, by the time I'm done cutting my grass, I've walked like five miles. Just me push it. Right. So that's something that I like to do. You know, I could pay somebody, what is it? $60 a week to go do it. And they do it in about 30 minutes. It takes me two and a half hours, but I'm out there like doing it and I'm loving it. I'm listening to a podcast or something and, you know, having arguments, you know, winning arguments in my head or, or, you know, plot my next move for business. Like that's, that's I just what see I do, you out you know? there pushing the, pushing the mower. Yeah. Man, you know, you're wrong, man. No, I'm right. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then a rock. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> damn, kids leaving all stuff all over the garage <laughs> next time. Just going to throw it out here in the yard and run over it with the lawnmower. And um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, too, like we're, I, I guess that's the thing. Like I've kind of built that personal level of freedom. Like when I'm sitting here in my house all day, I have to get out. I have to go do some, like, I have the, I do have the Panera uh, unlimited coffee club thing. So it's like eight bucks a month. I can go to Panera and get coffee whenever I want. So I, I do that. I haven't done it lately. Cause I've just been so busy. I can't leave the house. Um, but if I want to write or, you know, I'm working on something like an ebook or whatever like that like i'll go to panera i can sit there for three hours i'm stuck there at the thing i'm not sitting here at my house where i'm like oh i need to go do some laundry real quick or i need to whatever oh there's the cat i better pet him right you know Damn um cats. yeah <laughs> uh, oh, i don't want to do this anymore i'm going to go play playstation or something uh <laughs> you know no that's my buddy though he was actually before we hopped on here he was sitting here on my lap he had i hadn't spent any time with him all day and he's like hey what's uh what's going on i haven't seen you all day how come but, you haven't uh, been petting me today bud yeah right <laughs> what's going on <laughs> no yeah. that's my that's my little buddy yeah um and that's like super important um i always tell people i'm like hey if you pay a landscaper to cut lawn so that way you could go focus on what you need to go focus on that's yeah. one thing or if it's like your time like let's say uh for example i like going for long ass walks on the beach you know like legit that's like my thing to go do it's not just in my eval i physically go do it you know yeah <laughs> So like, if that's like what you want to do, then do it. Like it is super important to have some kind of activity in your life. And just because, you know, you're paying for someone to, um, for a convenience for something, it frees up your time. You know, time is just, time is just as, uh, uh, let me rephrase this. Time is more important than the money that you're spending. Yeah. You well, get the money back, but you can't get your time that's kind of the same thing i've done where i've had uh um you know yeah time is my most valuable asset um but you're right i do i do a bunch of different things like i don't just sit here i do you know i do coaching uh i through a a nonprofit called the honor foundation so that's something i like doing 
uh, you know, that's normally two to three cohorts a year. I usually do like the, the first and the third one because um, the summertime, I just, the cool thing about this is most of the time in the summer, things are pretty easy for me. Like not a lot of people want to talk about, you know, whatever in the summertime. So that gives me a lot of freedom. I'm like, I don't care. Nobody's booking calls. Oh, well, I'll go fishing. I'll go paddleboarding. I'll go, uh, you know, I'll go take some nice long walks. Like then, you know, oh, cool. I'll go to the daytime jujitsu class or whatever. Um, but that's, you know, that's kind of like my biggest thing for, for doing what I'm doing now. Like when I looked at it as I was getting ready to retire, I was like, you know what, man, like I know, um, you know, I, I know for me, I have to, to age, I have to challenge myself. I can't do something where I could just get complacent and be, uh, I need to be uh, like under a certain amount of stress. I need to have like a certain, like, Oh man, I need to do this or whatever. Like I, this is hard for me to do. I need to conquer this. Right. That's, I knew I couldn't just sit at a job. And I, I think now, you know, now that I've been out and I've kind of calmed down a little bit, I'm like, dude, if I didn't do this for a living, I wouldn't go look at one of those, you know, six figure contracting jobs or something. I would probably go work at Lowe's. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's what I would, I feel like that's probably what I would do. I just, I'll go work full time at Lowe's, go in, do my shift, do whatever they need me to do, and then go home at the end of the day. And that's it. Right. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't, I, but I knew like, Hey, I, it would be tough. It would be a tough transition for maybe like having a boss, having somebody I work for, having somebody, I can't just go do whatever I want, whenever I want. Like that's, you, you know, a lot of people have said that to me, like, how do you last 20 years in the military? <laughs> just because that's a huge thing for me. I just never really liked people telling me what to do and if and if they were jerks about it then obviously i would push back i was like hey man no that's um the the people who you know that's not to say i didn't have people that i wanted to work for that i wanted to do a good job for people that i respected that said hey uh you know can you help me with this can you get yeah. this done for me? right I, I always i told the story about this guy um he was my LPO when I was on the Enterprise a long time ago. His name was Dennis Cruz, and um, he was uh, he was from Guam, and he was this short, stocky dude, like five two and two fifty, just yeah, big dude, and and everybody loved him because he was like the nicest guy ever. And he had, I call this the most powerful leadership tool that I've ever encountered, right? <laughs> he would come ask you to do something that you absolutely didn't want to do because you knew it was going to be shitty. Like, oh, this is going to be a bad job. And he would come up and he would be like, hey man, I need you to go do this for me or whatever. And and you'd you'd be like, oh, I don't want to do that. And he and he was such a nice guy. All he would do is be like, could you do it for me, bro? Okay, bro. He's like, just do it for me. Okay, bro. And he put his fist up like that. And you just like, okay. All right. And so it got to the point where, you know, I, you know, I was a fire controlman, but I went like I made second class. 
I wanted to have my own work center. And they said, well, you know, the DC work center is there. I was like, I'll take it. Right. Went in there, completely revamped everything. Cause the, the guy who was there before got like a 79% on the, the 3M inspection. <laughs> so I took that work center, took it over the next time we had an inspection, we got a 97%. Right. So, but DCPO is not the most glamorous job, right? There's a lot of stuff, and and I would have to deal with stuff all the time. We had our our it was on the enterprise. So we had you know our department LCPO was a master chief, so he and I were chatting a couple times a day because I own the birthing and the heads in the birthing. And oh my God, but you know he comes down there, he comes over to my desk one day. He's like, "Hey, Max," and I'm like, "Oh God, what?" And he just, I forget what it was, something really gross. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that, whatever. And he's like, he starts, you see his fist cup start coming up. I'm like, don't you do it. Then I just start cussing him out like, you son of a bitch, blah, 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 F you and this and that. And, and he's just like, he gets it up to the 90 degree angle. And he's like, you know, tilts his head over to the side. <laughs> and I was just stand up and I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> damn you <laughs> you know he was just like come on bro just do it for me okay bro and uh that was what he said it was like this you you hold the fist up you tilt your head over the side and like just do it for me okay bro <laughs> i've definitely had i've had people i've worked with that done that shit it's like oh man okay. yeah i always i always think about that all the time and yeah great that he's retired now uh and, uh, you know, I ran into him like right after I retired too. We we're just sitting there chatting. I ran into him at the Panera and, uh, yeah, it's cool to, to see people like that, that you haven't seen him forever. So <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about before, but I just, you made me think of that story, like, you know, working, like having people yeah. that you, you respected that you worked for, that you were lucky enough to to you know have a conversation or you know have that relationship with them to where it's like yeah i know this sucks but i'll do it for you right well, so that's like one of the things is like authenticity though so i think i was talking about authenticity and how i wasn't going to edit something out maybe i my attention spans about eh, you see yeah. that close huh it's getting smaller yep about that mm -hmm. right there that's my attention span right there so um, but I think I was talking about relationships and authenticity, authenticity. That's what it was about being real, being who you like really are. And that's, if you want to be a leader, you want to be a leader in anything that you do. And just cause you know, you're a one man band, you gotta lead yourself too. And yeah. being a follower, you gotta lead being a follower, be an example of how to, how to follow people. You have to be real. You can't, uh, if you're, if you're going to be like, oh, I'm this macho, you know, uh, macho big dude that's going to tell everybody what to do and they're going to listen. That's not, that's not how it's going to work. You know, everybody's got a different, different leadership style, you know, fist pounder, uh, man, the guilt, the guilt pound. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the same, you know, when I was there, like I was like when I was in charge, um, <clears throat> you know what i what i what i the way i kind of looked at it is like i gave people the same amount of leeway that that i gave myself right i wouldn't 
you know, I, I tell you, like, it's funny. My last team, uh, my LPO kept his boat. He had a little bay boat. And he kept it right there at the harbor, Little Creek. <laughs> so he would text me at like six in the morning and be like, hey, are you working out this morning? I was like, I don't know why. He's like, well, I was thinking we could hop in the boat and go fishing before work. <laughs> so go down there, we would get his boat in the water. We go fish for an hour or two and then come into work. And uh, it was funny because one day we were out there fishing and then there was our skipper on his boat out there fishing too, right next to him. <laughs> That's always funny. Hey, sir. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was <laughs> funny. Uh, we, you know, we, <laughs> so that was, that was cool. Like they knew, like I'd tell, you know, they even say that they'd like, hey, uh, you know, do we have anything? That's one thing I hated about being on a ship is, is, you know, just that, that, and I get it. Right. I, I think like when I was in the fleet, like I, I, there was a higher percentage of people that would totally take advantage of your, you know, being general generous or whatever, um, you know, being an EOD, like we have smaller teams, right. The biggest team yeah. we have is, you know, I, I think it's eight or 10 people. Right. And it's you all work in one spot in a cage like you pretty much do everything together anyways um so you know it's before we used to have like we couldn't get dismissed early for liberty unless our o5 department head said so right and normally they just said nope working hours working hours are what they are and uh so i remember this like uh you know my first team that i was chief on we had we had this guy that came from another team we had a guy that uh, couldn't make deployment so we said hey we're going to bring this other guy over to your team uh, we still have some had some guys with that fleet mentality that were like no working hours or working hours like i never had that <laughs> i was like dude working hours are from when i start my work to when i get it done right that's to me is working out i've always had that mentality and that's, you know, just made me mad being on a ship and they're like, okay, you know, me and me and my guy, I had one guy when I was DCPO, me and him would bust our ass Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and make sure everything was done to where, you know, I would always go ask, Hey, can we have Friday off or whatever? Can we just do? And they were like, no, we cannot do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? You can't do that. Or the balls fairy come and take yours away or, um, <laughs> So, but yeah. anyways, we, we, we had this young guy come on a team and um, we're getting ready to go to Afghanistan for 11 months. And so I'm, I'm in my, in our little team space and uh, the new guy, this guy just got to the team. He was finishing all this check-in stuff and everything. And he's just sitting there on the couch and I'm like, all right, Hey, I'm going to go grab some lunch. And then I got to swing by and get my shots or whatever. And then I'll be back, you know, whenever I get back. And so they're all sitting there and I come back like hour and a half, two hours later. And that dude's still sitting on the couch. <laughs> and I'm like, Troy, what the hell are you doing here? He's like, well, you know, I was sitting here till, till working hours are over. And I look at that, the LPO, he's just sitting there. He's like working on something. I think he was like working on evals or whatever. I was like, Eric, what the fuck is he still doing here? And he just turns around. He's like, Troy, go home. 
and she goes back to work. <laughs> and and uh, he's like, go and he's like, okay. And I was like, hey, dude, like, if you're done, check with him, check with the LPO, and make sure he ain't got nothing for you. He's probably going to text me. And uh, yeah, there's like, why are you sitting around here for, you know, when we're doing our workups, like when we're training the team, dude, we're working 14 to 16 hour days all the time. Like, yes, when we get the chance, when we get some downtime, yes, take as much time as you can. And I, you know, so he, but his last team he was on, their chief was like, no, if you're done working for the day, you can sit here and read publications and study for your senior board until you know, four o'clock or whatever, you know, I was just like, why, why is it, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell him that, like, why the hell are you doing that? I just was like, okay, well, you don't work for him anymore. You work for me and I don't do shit like that. So yeah, get out. of Yeah. Get out of here, man. Like it's like working to work is just not, it's yeah. not, a, if or, sitting around and not doing anything for the sake of yeah that drives me nuts too man um yeah i that that drives me nuts if the kid were to sit there and study that's that's one thing but he wasn't even doing that man he was like staring a hole in the wall yeah (laughs) what's i told him i was like look man you're gonna have 11 months in the desert like bring that stuff with you you can study it while you're on deployment you got 11 months to study for this don't yeah spend time with your family now right you got a kid like right i don't give a shit i was like honestly like that is the least of my concerns right now is you getting qualified for that because that's at a minimum 15 months away so yeah i i just had a same thing like that team that i was on like you know um we, we were doing our workup, so it was, you know, we do our EOD workup. It was an NSW, so we were supporting the SEAL teams. And then we go over, you know, we do our workup with them. And now we're in that phase between when we finished our workup, we're ready to go, we're certified to deploy in the actual deployment. And we had just done this stuff this week. We'd done all this pre-deployment stuff. And I come in on Thursday, or it's Thursday. I go back to the mobile unit where our office is, and I sit down with my OIC, and we're chatting. And he goes... Hey man, I don't, I mean, like, I don't think we have anything going on tomorrow. He's like, do you see a reason that we need to come in? I'm like, no. And I was like, honestly, I don't think we need to be here on Monday either. And he's like, yeah, let's just do that. Let's just, just tell the guys to to text us, you know, tomorrow and Monday. And then we'll just, we'll, we'll come back in here on Tuesday. <laughs> it's like, I like it. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, yeah, I just... And it kills me that all these people don't, I just don't like that. But then again, too, yeah, you have guys that, that take advantage of that. And when you do, you know, that sucks. Cause I had a guy do that on one of my teams and I said, all right, well, here's the deal. Uh, you're going to come in here with me, uh, you know, every day you're going to get in uniform and we're going to muster you and whatever i don't give a shit saturday and sunday too like i you know he was like well blah 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 i was like all right well obviously you can't operate under you know you're you're not getting shit done and you're still taking off like yeah that ain't gonna happen anymore (laughs) i'm gonna show you like here here's what happens when you can't act like a grown-up so yeah man you know 
I, I miss, I miss, uh, because like I'm in a predicament where I'm not really with the uh, rest of the Navy because I'm going through the medical process mm-hmm. right now. And it's, you know, medical appointments after medical appointments. And, you know, I, but I, I miss it. Like I really miss the uh, squadron life. Um, the, uh, the, the bond that we had especially in the previous squadron that i was in you know i was the debt debt chief i was always the guy in charge of the entire evolution you know and it's just it's amazing what um what you could accomplish and i i had the same leadership style i we didn't work we didn't sit there at work to do nothing you know once we got all the aircraft up and ready and all the turnarounds all done and we all helped each other out you know, it's a, it's a team effort, you know, one person's not just sitting out there by themselves turning a wrench. We all hang out there and bullshit around him until he's done, you know, like, and give him whatever support he needs, you know, and, and I, I miss, I miss those days, you know? Yeah. Um, and if, if you haven't lived those days, whoever's listening, you know, if you haven't lived those days, you know, enjoy, enjoy those days because one day they're going to be gone. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's something that I really liked about the Navy that I, I don't really, you know, without a big conflict going on, I don't think the other branches really do this a lot. The consist, the constant deployments. Like I loved deployments. People are like, Oh, what a yeah, dude. I loved deployments. Like whether I was on the ship or whether it was, you know, in Iraq or Afghanistan, like I loved deployments um you know i think that kind of always made me sad too when i get didn't get to deploy anymore <laughs> i was like you know that was something that i was really used to being on the road all the time and and then i come back here and now i'm i'm here all the time and i do miss it like i miss yeah. going out and, and doing things and so i i try to make sure you know it's kind of my goal over the next five years is get myself to the point where i work you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right. Or or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are the only days of the week that I'll do any work. Um, the rest of it, you know, I'm taking four day weekends or, or really dude, if I could just do two days a week, I would love that. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, um, so once you got out, how did you, how did you start your podcast to get the vet? Uh, so I'll tell you how it started. It's funny how it started get to vet um my buddy mike who mike was my first team chief in the od um so you know he and i are both from west virginia and we were both born on may 5th and uh you know he he started off as an et and then he came into the community and um but you know he he was coming back here. He was the command master chief at EOD school, which I think is like, it's, I mean, it's a huge school. There's like at any given time, I think there's like 1200 students there or something like that. Um, But it's a, it's a joint service school, right? So all four, all four branches go there. Um, But he, he did a fellowship up there at Congress, uh, which was cool. He did, you know, he basically worked for, I think, it was a uh, Senator Rubio. He worked for him for a year doing the defense fellowship. That was a cool experience for him. 
and then he came back here and he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to retire now. Um, I didn't know if there had been any discussions like putting him there at the force position, which, you know, I think definitely would have been a, like Mike's a very uh, stoic guy. Like he's very level-headed. He's one of the best. Uh, he was my CMC later on too. And uh, you know, the CMC that we had after him was, let's just say he wasn't Mike, uh, but just, he's a super smart guy, all this stuff. And then he just, he's got to the point. He's like, yeah, I'm done, man. I'm going to retire. I don't want to be the force master chief. I don't want to do any of this other stuff. And uh, so, you know, we, we go watch uh, West Virginia football games over at Buffalo Wild Wings or he, cause he lives right down the street from me too. Um, but we're sitting there. I think they were playing. I don't remember who they were playing, but it went into like triple overtime. We're like seven tall boys into the game and, he starts talking about tap class and and how mad he was. <laughs> like, dude, it's was not like I just still have so many questions after that. And uh, he just started talking. He's like, "We should do a podcast about military transition." And I was like, oh, "Yeah." And you know, we start talking like, "Man, I just hate hearing the sound of my own voice." This goes back to what we started with, right? Oh, you know, what are all these apprehensions I have about creating content? Uh, you know, it's like, I do too, but you know, whatever we could do it, we could figure out how to do it. So we spent the next few weeks kind of reading about podcasts and, and understanding like how they're done and everything. And, and we said, you know, we kind of sat down, had some beers occasionally and we're like, yeah, I think, you know, if we do it like this, this, and this, um, we could make it work. So we finally just decided to do it. We made this terrible video. I think if you go on the get to vet LinkedIn page, it's like the very first page or post that we made. It's this horrible video. We're like, hi, are you getting out of the military? Then you should listen to our podcast. It is called get to vet. <laughs> it was really dumb <laughs> we laughed about I'm it i'm gonna try to recreate that <laughs> yeah and uh <laughs> and so we started recording episodes started reaching out to people i talked to all these people that i knew and had them come yeah. on and just people sharing their perspectives of getting out of the military and i you know people started listening like yeah man i was listening to your podcast i learned a lot of good stuff on there and i just was like oh that's that's cool now tons and bunches and bunches of people have started doing it uh listening to it and i've had a lot of people reach out we haven't done a whole lot with it lately and i've been a lot of that's you know i've been very busy with military money mistakes mike retired so now he's like got a real job and um you know so we gotta kind of work around his schedule too but um yeah, just we've had a ton of people come on there and I think we've got, I don't know, like 60 plus episodes, 70 episodes. Um, it's just, yeah, I think we're going to try to do another round because we're going to have you and Yogi come on too and, and, and chat. And um, it's been cool, man. I, I, it's something I enjoy doing. I get to meet new people. Um, I've made a lot of good connections off of that and, and build some relationships with people and it's it's good and you know i i, I kind of told you you know my my own personal thing too like i told you the story before about um this one kind of 
hit me in the feels pretty recently. Um, we had this guy come on, uh, young young guy, thirty when he was thirty five. His green beret got diagnosed with cancer. Went through, did all these treatments and everything, and um, eventually it got to the point where the doctor said, "Hey, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you." And so here he is, thirty eight years old, living with terminal cancer, and you know we. We, we did the, you know, I talked to him, a buddy of his who I had met through another connection. Uh, was like, yeah, you need to talk to my buddy, Derek. Derek Griffin's his name. So we chatted. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's get you on the show. So we kept trying to make the schedules work. Finally, we got him on. And, you know, his big thing was like, you know, I just wanted to, to come on here and share some of my experiences and what I learned with this stuff, you know, before, you know that's how he said he's like you know and i was like yep i know and uh so we had him come on share his story talk about stuff i think we talked for i don't know an hour and a half at least and um you know recorded that on a thursday the episode came out on a monday and i got a text tuesday night that he had passed away and, um, so, you know, I said that before, like I was, I was super sad that, that, you know, he had passed away. I don't even know if he got to hear the episode because like, you know, his sister had gone through his phone after he passed away and texted me and said, Hey, uh, you know, this is his sister. I just want to let you know. And I was like, well, thanks for letting me know. She said that Sunday night he had kind of taken a turn for the worse. And so I don't even know if he got to listen to the episode. But uh, when that came out, I made a huge push to, you know, get that out there and say, hey, you know, listen to this episode, this guy, um, you know, definitely, you know, wanted to share this and he, he just passed away. So I'd appreciate it if you guys would listen to his episode and, and hopefully it helps somebody else. Right. Yeah. And uh, that is by far our most downloaded episode now. And so yeah, like super sad that he, we, you know, he had passed away and I don't even know if he got to listen to his episode, but also super proud too, because he had said that he's like, you know what, man, I just want to get on there and and tell this story before I'm gone. And, you know, I, you know, you talk about stuff like purpose over profit and all that. And, and every once in a while you get to have an experience like that, that kind of, that does it hits you in the fields and, and you're kind of like, wow, man, I got to uh, to help that guy just do this, this one last thing that he wanted to do before he passed away. And, um, yeah, I, it definitely made me feel vindicated in, in doing, you know, the pat everything that I've been doing, not just that podcast, but all the stuff that I've been doing definitely made me feel like, like all the time and effort is at least a little bit worthwhile. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Doug Griffin, he he reiterated something that that needs to be said be your own advocate yeah be your own yeah. advocate and, <laughs> we and said it so your, many times that that's what i made the name of the episode right? i know it's so. like it's like be your own advocate in your transition be your own advocate in your finances be your own advocate in life be your own advocate in parenting be your own advocate in your job you have to if you don't if you don't stand up and look at the person in the mirror and say, "Hey, you're responsible for 
your actions and your take on everything it's it's going to get it's just going to fall down like if you don't stand up and say hey this is mine i need to take responsibility for it and move forward yeah um i if you don't mind i would like to share this episode on my platforms yeah just because i want people to hear Derek griffin and and think about this whenever they um are planning for the future because one day we're all going to end up just like Derek griffin yeah and and you know i i think about like what you were saying there like look nobody's ever going to be as invested in your success as you and if you don't take ownership of it somebody else will right so you have to be comfortable you know are you comfortable with with your fate not being in your own hands because i'm not and that's kind of really what led me to to where i am today you know um i like to think of this podcast that i've been uh uh, fostering and and curating and all that stuff is uh building a tribe so um i i just want to say hey thanks for like coming on here and being part of the tribe um thanks for inviting me (laughs) yeah yeah man like uh, uh, we probably sit here and talk and bullshit all day long uh you and i and we see a lot even though you're eod you know hey you know your kind usually hang out in the hangar bay i know you weren't on the carrier you know they're just hanging out in that yeah. hangar bay just taking it all up but hey it's oh i know when when i was well when i was on the enterprise right that's <laughs> that's where their thing was i would go down there and hang out with them and try to you know learn learn stuff but that's no, I, it's, I, they they uh no they're good people man every everyone i met you know they're all they're all usually down to earth like salt salt earth kind of people they're not full of themselves but i just joke about hey man i'd like to have my hangar base i could work on my aircraft yeah (laughs) sorry bro (laughs) yeah um i always ask people at the end um if you had a time machine and you were to go back uh what, what kind of advice would you tell yourself at 18 Oh man, buy shares of Yahoo and Google mm. and uh, <laughs> yes, and Apple. Uh, mm. Yeah, Bitcoin. There's this thing called Bitcoin. Buy it now, sell it all in 2016. Uh, that's what I would say. No, I, you know, I, I guess I would. It's tough because, you know, now you worry about that paradox of me going back and giving myself advice. And if everything that I did, it led me up to the path that I'm here today. Like, you know, I, I guess like I would, I would think about things like try to be more humble. Like don't, um, you know, when you quit smoking, don't, don't eat a bunch of fast food, like take care of yourself. better. <laughs> Go start doing martial arts now when you're still limber. Cause when you're learning that shit, when you're 40, it hurts uh that's you you know little (laughs) just little things right don't don't buy all those guns and trucks go say whoa 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 whoa. no 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 no, i'm not don't buy them yet oh okay okay growing get yourself a million or two million dollars and then go buy them right so i mean i love my guns and trucks you know no i do too like but you know at the same time it's just doing things in the correct order right when we talked about time right that's something i talk about a lot is like the time value of money uh right the longer you use it the more you'll have or 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I probably just slap slap myself in the face. I'm like, that's going to be for the next twenty six years. I like to slap <laughs> yourself in the face comment. That be yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> that's for the next twenty five years. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> like, man, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> so, <laughs> That's more of the best advice I've heard. <laughs> I'm slapping shit on myself. <laughs> What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> oh man, uh, what uh, what books or uh, podcasts would you recommend somebody to digest? Uh, so books. Uh, let me see here. I got a whole bunch of books here. Uh, sure. Just looking. I'll tell you what. One that I really love. Uh, Lessons from a Third Grade Dropout by Dr. Rick Rigsby. Uh, awesome book. Like, go read it. Like, that's a, I would, I would definitely take that book back and say, hey, read this book, man. You want to learn how to, how to see. So that's a good one. Let's see here. I'm reading. I got all my books over here. Oh, you're about to give me a library. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning. That's a really good one. Uh, let me see here. Oh, here's one. This is probably one you don't hear about in a lot of leadership things. Uh, Pimp by Iceberg Slim. What was that? Pimp? Pimp. P-I-M-P by Iceberg Slim. <laughs> That'll give you... Uh, I, I'll economics. tell you this. Is that an economics lesson? It's, from a uh, it's more about like uh, psychology <laughs> than anything. Like you go, go read that book. It's Iceberg Slim was a pimp in Chicago back in like the sixties or seventies. And this, this, yeah, go read it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that book is just as insightful as like a lot of this other stuff that's out there. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I've, I've got a lot of books out there that I like um yeah just start with this and rich dad poor dad probably in my opinion the greatest uh book on personal finance that was ever written rich dad poor dad uh and and i will say this too like you know you and i have talked i'm not a fan of dave ramsey I would still read his book because I've read his book several times. I watch his YouTube videos several times because I try to get the contrarian points of view, right? Like I like to hear from people who disagree with me or people that I disagree with. I like to try to understand like, why do they think that way? And I listen to it and guess what? That helps me, you know, you know, either strengthens my resolve for why I feel the way I do, or maybe I say, Hey, you know what? Okay. Maybe I was looking at this from a different angle. Like I, yeah. there's people that sit there and only talk to people that agree with them all the time. Like you're not doing anything. You're not challenging yourself, right? You're just putting on a khaki and polo shirt and going and sitting in that office and filling out Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. You could be out there, you know, snapping necks, cashing checks, you know, working in PT gear every day and, and Crocs and, you know, you just it's, trying to relive your good life. <laughs> I am reliving my good life. Like that's that's my day now. But yeah. Uh, yeah, man, like go out and read stuff that maybe you don't think you would normally read. 
and uh, you know, I I'll tell you this. Like I read this a long time ago. I read the uh, the Communist Manifesto along. So like I gotta see what this is all about, right? And I read it, and I was like, "Yep, that guy was complete re uh, complete just dipshit, right? <laughs> like that guy lived in a fantasy land." Uh, but I knew that, like, I never would have known that if I hadn't read it. Cause now, you know, it, it just strengthened my resolve. Right. And I yeah. read it and now I know what it says. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I see a lot of things wrong here. That it's, it's one of those things. It sounds great power. in theory. Yeah. Knowledge yeah. is power. And if you want to be good at whatever you're doing, you know, like find, find, find material on it, read about it, absorb all that content you know listen listen to books read them however you gotta do it yeah but here's the other thing here's the trick with that read those books that's great but don't just read them read them and go do something with that <laughs> like whatever your takeaway was go do something with it because all you do is read it then who gives a shit like why did you waste your time like read it take something away from it, apply it to something in your life to make your life better. Because tons of people, like there's a lot of people that know a lot of shit that think a lot of shit, but they don't ever do shit with it. I call them academics, but, mm, uh, I like it. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like I read the Cameron Haynes and I read the, uh, David Goggins book and now I'm doing a half marathon next uh, yeah. this weekend. I wish to, I'm, I'm hoping maybe I can start running again. So like, Oh, there's no I, running in this game. It's all walking. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I, when I yeah, when I, re, oh, okay. When I retired, the doc told me, he's like, yeah, you're probably going to have to have knee replacements in a few years. And I was like, Ugh, that's not something I want to hear when I'm 37. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. I'm, my, uh, so like my vestibular, I, I, I ran a little bit the other day and like just kind of the shaking up and stuff like that messes messes me up and that's why like i'm in p i'm in physical therapy two times a week working yeah. on my vestibular stuff and you know hey let's face it i'm going to be in physical therapy for the rest of my life because of this this damage that i, I got a i got diagnosed with a broken you know a broken ear you know so yeah uh, for forever mm -hmm. will be messed up but Here's the thing. I'm not going to let that just limit me. I'm going to push myself. Eventually, I will run again. But I got to re, I essentially kind of have to relearn how to run again. Yeah. If that makes sense, I have to relearn how to do things. And this, and this is actually kind of like, um, kind of really big to me is, you know, somebody saying, hey, you'll never be able to do this again. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm going to get out there and yeah, I may have to go like after I record episodes, you know what I have to do? I have to take That's... a fucking nap. Yeah. Cause I get, a, I get migraines, I get headaches from it, but I'm, I, I do it. And then I take a rest. And a lot of people they really look at me. They're like, Oh yeah, man, you look healthy and stuff. No. <laughs> I like, don't feel that way. Yeah. I don't yeah. feel that way, man. And it's like, I, you know, but, but here's the thing, you know, you got to be an advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to push yourself. And you can't just let yourself sit around. There's another part of that too that, that I think is really important. 
when it comes to being your own advocate. Yeah, there's taking care of yourself and there's pushing yourself, but also understand when you need to ask for help. Um, and, you know, that's a big, you know, especially like we talked about the suicide stuff and, and several people that I've known over the last two years um, <clears throat> have committed suicide. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know enough about the subject or, you know, we talk about this a lot. Um, you know, some people just, you know, they, I, I wish I knew more about it because, you know, and <laughs> recently, Hey, if this makes you feel any better, recently our community has gotten a lot better at what to do with it. We, yeah, they, they don't just give you an NKO course anymore. Yeah. You know, like we actually had, uh, had somebody that, um, um, came, I'll, I'll put his information in my podcast, uh, notes and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was, he's a tattoo artist and he was in the Navy. Then he got out of the Navy and he, he tried to kill himself. He literally like did an attempt, everything, and he was unsuccessful, but then he got help afterwards and then he got better and he wrote this book and he's doing talking events and we were one of, uh, our command brought him over to talk about uh, his book and what he's been doing. And he's talking about meditation and how that's really helped him out. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because before, like we talked suicide people, we, we would crack jokes about like, yeah, don't go, go, don't go kill yourself. Don't go jumping off the bridge. You know, we would say yeah. stupid stuff like that insensitive things that we didn't you know, it, but yeah. it, it has gotten better. Um, we didn't know i'll tell you another good another good book about that like mental health stuff uh touching the dragon by jimmy hatch james hatch um awesome dude <clears throat> good book uh you know so he was a he was a seal over development group he had uh you know i think his kind of I don't know that he would call us a claim. I don't know that he wants to call us a claim to fame, but basically uh, the whole Bo Bergdahl thing, I'm sure you remember that. Bo Bergdahl, the kid that walked off his post in Afghanistan. And yes. they, yeah, they killed. Yeah. Uh, he was out looking for him. He got shot in the leg and it pretty much ended his operational career. And, um, you know, he talks about like a lot of people are like, oh, man, this guy's going to have all kinds of cool stories about whatever. It was like, no, his book was about like a lot of the struggles that that he had when he couldn't, you know, do cool guy shit anymore. And, um, you know, he came and he's come and speak at, at several commands and stuff. And, uh, you know, I just knew like we jumped together out at, uh, here at Skydive Suffolk. We, um, like when we go out there and train, he was, that's what, something else that he does for money. He's like, yeah, I go out and uh, do jump co coach people and skydiving. And, um, but uh, I think he was on the leapfrogs too. Yeah, that's, oh, really? I seem to remember that. But anyways, uh, yeah, his book was very good. Like that, you know, that's, that's definitely one you should check out. Um, yeah, man. So. Bro, we will sit here and we will chat everybody up. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will we will go on forever. But uh, like, bro, I, I feel like um, we've definitely.
probably formed something and, and that's the, that's the thing all from a hey man i'm doing this do you mind helping me out yeah that kind of connection can lead to friendship like this man right. so and uh well that's it yeah man vets love to help other vets right and yeah that's I, I tell guys keep doing it but i hear the the little ones upstairs i gotta go put them in bed so yeah bro. Yeah. thanks all for right, having man. me on hey thanks for coming on bro and uh we'll talk later man all right take care have a good night all right later brother bye bye I got a saved round and alibi here it is again return to roots it is releasing february 15th 2023 it will be on spotify apple Podcasts, youtube and many other social media websites please get out there listen to it it can help people in the long run our goal is to reduce homelessness and also suicides within the community we are going to be talking about retention in the military. We're going to be talking about transition from the military and reintegration into the community. This podcast is not just for the service members, but also for the family unit dependents. Anybody that wants to help or say thank you for your service and put it to action, listen to the podcast. It will help you find ways to do so. You guys have a great day. Try Your Fire is not an affiliate and does not represent the views of the Department of Defense and or the Department of the Navy. All views are that of the host and the guests that are brought on to the show. This information is meant to be in general, so do your own research before you implement. This is not financial advice and is meant for educational purposes. If you need financial advice, look it up on Mass Chief Google or hire a reputable financial advisor. Alone, we are weak. Together, we are strong. In unity, there is strength.